0: If you asked 20 good people today, what is the most important virtue, 19 of them would say unselfishness. But if you asked almost any great Christian of old what was the most important virtue, almost all of them would say love. Do you see what's happened here? A negative term, unselfishness, has been substituted for a positive one, love. As if the most important thing is us going without something or or us giving up or denying ourselves rather than someone else gaining something or having something good holding something. C.S. Lewis, a few generations ago, in 1941, uh, preached a sermon called The Weight of Glory. And this idea of, you know, realizing that love is actually more important than unselfishness was his opening line. But I, I think it's still true today. And I think this distinction between unselfishness and love is really important, especially during this week, Love Revolution Week, right? We're talking about Galatians 5, 6, and how do we actually express faith in love? What does it mean to actually love others, love our neighbor? Is it, is it just being unselfish, or is there something to what love actually is that we really need to understand to actually do that. And so uh, I thought that this sermon would would be a really good one to pass on to you uh, during this week and it's been extremely transformative in my own life. From the first time I read it and every time after that, it has taught me so much about what it means to actually love our neighbor. And so, I want to I pass this on to you guys. Is that okay? Uh, so, so, Lewis goes on, and, and he makes this distinction between unselfishness and love, right? And he, and he says, you know, of course it's okay that, that we do think about unselfishness, because that is important. We are called to deny ourselves, take up our cross, follow Christ, but unselfishness isn't an end in itself, uh, because... We also have to notice the unblushing promises of the New Testament. I mean, Jesus Christ talks all the time about life and life more abundantly and and hope and peace that passes all understanding. we have these pictures of heaven, right? We just sang about it. This, this glorious picture of, of some day being in the presence of God, unhindered, and, and full of glory, and hope, and life, and, and joy. We have these like, these symbols of like, uh, jewels, and um, crowns of gold, and uh, streets of gold and new names and royal robes and feasts, right? And, and, and so there is a sense in which we should be seeking reward. We should be awaiting that glory, that hope. And so today, that's, that's what we want to get to. We want to to figure out how do we actually seek this glory, this hope of abundant life, but not just for us, for other people. How do we participate in loving other people to that end of glory for them? That is promised in the New Testament. That if we actually can interact with human beings in a way that that leads them to the fullness of their own glory, that they may one day actually have, actually be, that that's actually what it is to love people. But w- but what is glory, anyways? <laughs> I mean. What do all these symbols of crowns and streets of gold and and new names and royal robes, what does that actually mean? (laughs) There's two ways that we can kind of define what glory is. One way is fame. Glory is like fame, being famous. And the second way is luminosity, being luminous. Being filled with, with glory. So let's, let's talk first about fame, and then we'll talk about luminosity. So first, fame. Fame is this idea that we are actually known, that we're seen and noticed, recognized. It's, it's this idea that, uh, that we see when we know that God may one day say to us, well done, good and faithful servant that he will actually look at us and see us and be pleased with us. And at first, because I think unselfishness is most important, at first I read that and I think, well, I shouldn't care about that. I just need to love people and and be kind. And it doesn't really matter what God says to me in the end. But then I remember that the only way to enter the kingdom is to become like a little child. And isn't isn't that where we see this joy of being praised so evidently is in a little kid. I mean, think of a kid you know or yourself when you were a kid. I mean, I remember coming home after like a spelling bee. Yeah, I did spelling bees. And I also did really well at that, by the way. But don't ask me about math. Did not do good with that. But I would come home and I'd have like a spelling test. And I'd show my mom and dad. And I'd be like, look, A+. And they would be so happy, right? I mean, I'm like... Seven, but you know, spell, spelling like four, like five-letter words or something. But, but they're still so proud, and I was so happy because because they saw me and they they knew my potential and they knew my intended good that I that I could spell those words well, and and they were proud, and and in that moment. When I was beaming, knowing that I had pleased my mom and dad, that was good. That's good. We should want to please those that we should please. <laughs> and even today, I mean, I still do this. I still wanna make my professors proud, you know, or, or my parents, or, or my friends, you know, like I want them to be pleased with me. I want them to know who I am and see, see me. Don't you? I mean, we see, this, we see this with lots of things in the world, wanting to be known, wanting to have fame with the world. I mean, we see this when we experience beautiful uh, places in nature, or a beautiful sunset. We want to be engaged in a reciprocal way with beauty or music. This is a funny story. I was on a road trip with my best friends last year, and uh, we were driving down the road, and we were playing Taylor Swift's album, 1989, because it's the best album ever, right? Thank you. (laughs) And we're like blasting one of the songs, I'm not going to say which one, and it was really loud, and we were like yelling it, singing it. and. Close to the end of it, we, like, two, me and my other friend, we look over at our other friend, and she's like crying. And we're all like, uh, turned down the music like really fast, and we're like, what's wrong? Are you okay? And she's like, uh, I'm sorry, Taylor Swift just gets it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was hilarious, it was so funny. I mean I, I was worried about her, but it was really funny. And I was like, "Oh look, I know. she does get it. Taylor gets it, you know? Like, and there was there was this sense in which, in that moment we were like, connected to this music, connected to this moment, like we were known. you know? Like, like, almost like Taylor Swift is super famous. But for a second, like we were famous, too, because, like, we felt like she knew us. You know? Like, and that was like a good feeling to be known. But, but, then, but then you realize, as soon as the music kind of dies away, as soon as the sunset goes down over the horizon, you realize that we've been like mere spectators. That beauty has smiled on us, but not to see us. Her face was turned in our direction, but not to recognize us, not to welcome us in. But 1 Corinthians 8.3, Paul says that those who love God will be known by him, and one day God will look at each and every one of us and say, well done, good and faithful servant. or. Depart from me, I never knew you. That one day we all, every person, can be famous, can be known by God, or utterly unknown. This is the hope of fame that we have. The hope of glory. That's one kind of glory, fame. What was the other kind? Luminosity, right? Luminosity. This one's kind of even weirder to think about. Like who wants to be luminous? What does that even mean? Like a a living light bulb or something? I I don't really know but But scripture talks about this too. In Psalms, and Daniel, it says that one day we will shine like the sun. And Revelation 2.28 says that that he will give us the bright and morning star. And so, somehow, I I do believe that we will be luminous and, and and I see that this is even more than just being known. It's, it's, It's not just a reciprocal understanding or recognition. It's actually being filled with glory and goodness. It's it's actually like embodying within ourselves the beauty that we see, all that is good, all that is right, all that is loving, that we will actually not just do it, but actually be that. Like, God himself united to us so that we are actually illuminating, you know, exuding that out. And again, I mean, our desires are so obviously for this whole idea. I mean, this is what we want. I mean, when you see, think think about this. It's, it's almost March, right? So it's, it's kind of close to spring, you know? And I, I know, <laughs> thank God. And it's like, it's like this day is going to come really soon when you're going to walk outside and you're going to have your coat on and you're going to be like braced for that Indiana wind. Like, I don't know, it's like Iowa is like a wind tunnel or something, I don't know. But and you're going to be braced for it, but you're going to go outside and, and you're going to, like, realize, you're going to be like, wait a second, it's not that cold out. And you're, like, going to take your coat off and, like, walk around, like, so much nicer. Like, you're not going to be, like, walking like this. Like, you're going to be just, like, walking like normal people. And you're going to be happy. It's going to be so warm. And you're going to hear, like, birds in the trees. And, and you'll probably stop and... Just for a second, you'll just. Just breathe it in, you know? Not that cold, harsh air, but that cool breeze. Because we want to be part of the goodness of spring. We want to join in with nature. We don't want to just be known by it. We want even more than that. We want to be part of it. We want to bathe in it. We want to be luminous. This is why we have peopled air and earth and and water with gods and goddesses and nymphs and elves. You know, we watch these movies and we see these things on the screen because that's what we want. We want to be so joined with the goodness of nature and beauty and glory that we're participating with it, in it, united to it. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's that's what we really want. And this this is kind of like even in relationships that's what we want you know like we don't just want to love someone because they know who we are and 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 they know us and it's a reciprocal thing like that's that is what we want that's that's fame but even more than that we want to be in love you know like this thing that's like you share in it and it's like part of both of you but it's also outside of you and you just you want to like share in that together you want to participate in something beautiful and good and this is why poets talk about these lovely falsehoods like they say things like a west wind really can sweep through a human soul, but it can't. They tell us that beauty born of a murmuring sound can actually pass into a human face, but it won't, or at least not yet. We, We cannot mingle with the splendors that we see, But all the leaves of the New Testament are rustling with the idea that it will not always be so. Someday we shall get in. God willing. But, okay. Great. We just talked about glory for like, I don't know, 15 minutes or something being like fame, being like luminosity. And we're like, yeah, okay, yeah, I do kind of want that. That does sound nice, but what's the point? Like, I got to go to class. I don't really have time for all these poetic thoughts. Like, let's get to the real practical advice here. What are we paying you for, you know? Like, what's your point? Why talk about glory? I can think of one practical use this morning it may be possible for you to think too long and too hard about your own possible glory your own fame with God your own luminosity that you may one day be invited into. But it is hardly possible at all to think too often or too deeply about the potential glory of our neighbor. And this is the weight that we carry. This idea that someday, someday, God will look on every one of us, every human being, ever, and will either say, well done, good and faithful servant, or depart from me, I never knew you. That God will either give us the bright and morning star, or we will be left wanting. You've never talked to an ordinary person, never. Everyone is immortal, everyone you've ever met. Nations, arts, civilizations, cultures, those are mortal. Their life to us is like the life of a gnat. But it is immortals whom we joke with, work with, marry, snub, and exploit. Everyone will live forever. Everyone will either be an everlasting splendor full of glory or an eternal horror. And it is in light of this reality that we must conduct all our interactions with people. It is in light of this truth that all people could one day be like God, that we have to engage in all of our play, all of our politics, all of our work, all of our meals, all of our friendships, all of our loves, every interaction we have has to be with this realization in the back of our minds, that I have a responsibility and an honor to participate in relationship with people that will either lead them towards their glory or further away from that. See why it's heavy? See why it's a weight? Now, this doesn't mean we have to be perpetually solemn like, everything's serious all the time, and everything I'd say has to be about Jesus and some Bible verse, and no, we have to play. We have to have fun. We get to joke around, but all of our fun and, and joy has to be in such a way that it's, with, it's, it's first with people that we've taken seriously. We can't be flippant. You know, we have to take each other seriously. Recognizing the potential glory that we all have. And so, today, during Love Revolution Week. This is one little piece I want to add of what it means to love others. Just one little piece. (laughs) That this is the weight we have to carry for people every day. And this is why unselfishness is not the most important thing, but love is. Because when we start loving people with the recognition they will one day be like Christ. We can start interacting on an eternal level. So two, that's the two things that I wanna leave you with today. Number one, we have to recognize the potential glory that every single human being we've ever met has. Recognize that glory, that potential glory. And the second thing is to let that realization actually affect the way we live our lives with real life people that we know realize people's potential glory and let that realization affect how we interact with them this is the weight that we carry And this weight, this load, this burden should be laid daily on my back. And it's a load so heavy that only humility can carry it. Would you pray with me? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I pray that you would remind us of all the people we interact with, that they all have this potential glory. And let that affect the way that we engage in relationship with them, God. Give us humility and strength enough to carry that weight through all of our interactions, relationships. We love you, God. Teach us to love. In Jesus' name, amen.